Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are heading into July. That means that it's redraft season is on its way, which means it's time to talk about some sleepers. We're going to talk about some rookies. We're going to talk about some running backs, some wide receivers, where you should be looking, who you should be looking to take this year. We're going to get all that and more right now. Welcome back in. Like I said, let's just jump right into it and let's get right into the goods. So for first things first, let's talk about some of the some of the rookies we're gonna have this year because this year's running back class really, and even the wide receivers aren't really gaining the type of buzz that we typically see from you know our previous classes, right? Because right now, I mean, you're really just looking at Brees Hall as kind of being the marquee name, at least in terms of the running back group. And where Kenneth Walker has kind of stagnated a little bit, uh, you know, one being the offense that he's in in Seattle, other, you know, Rashad Penny is still there, so it's not a great situation. Maybe this is like a Melvin Gordon, you know, Javante Williams type situation, but past that, like the running backs just aren't gaining a lot of hype. And I'm sure some of that will change with preseason with some possible injuries that happen over the preseason and then training camp hype and all that stuff comes on. But I at least wanted to talk about some guys uh, right out the gate that you should be definitely paying attention to, some more obvious than others. Let's talk about Isaiah Spiller, got drafted by the Chargers. Listen, he's probably steps right in and has pretty much an immediate role. I don't think it's going to be a big role. Obviously, Austin Eckler is still there. It's still his backfield. But they've been kind of searching for this kind of uh, you know pairing, this number two running back for the last couple of years. Um, you know, Even before Brandon Staley got there, you know, it's kind of been something they've been looking for with, with guys they've taken like Joshua Kelly, and Larry Roundtree, and now you know they take a shot on on Isaiah Spiller, who's kind of the perfect complement for uh, Austin Eckler. Kind of be that short yardage goal line type back does have pass catching upside as well. So if anything were to happen to Austin Eckler, and let's be honest, Austin Eckler hasn't necessarily been the role model of, of, of health either. So who's also getting up there in age. So Isaiah Spiller is kind of an interesting name. And as long as his ADP doesn't get too out of uh, too, too crazy, because I do think he is somebody that his ADP is going to continue to rise. Someone that maybe we see go in the seventh or eighth round could get a little out of hand, but Isaiah Spiller is definitely a name that I would have on my radar and somebody that just has standalone value uh, by himself. And then, you know, a couple other guys, Rashad White, definitely somebody you should be keeping an eye on. You know, Arizona State running back. Uh, drafts a little bit higher than I think people expected. There was a lot of buzz that he was going to be falling in drafting. A guy was going fifth or sixth round. Obviously, he went higher than that. To, the Buccaneers took him. Well, obviously, this is Leonard Fournette's backfield, and it is a little bit uh, muddled. Giovanni Bernard is still there. Keyshawn Vaughn. But Rashad White, you know, eerily has a lot of comps to David Johnson. And we we know Bruce Aaron took David Johnson, you know, you know, back when he was in Arizona. But Rashad White, tremendous pass catching running back, more than big enough to be a, a three down back. And if anything were to happen to Fournette, Rashad White would just absolutely skyrocket. So, uh, you know, I, so he's somebody to definitely keep an eye on. James Cook is going to be a hot name, you know, going with the Bills. 
And, you know, a lot of people are already, you know, Devin Singletary, which is why he's going in the seventh round. But I just don't know if, if James Cook really has the potential to be a true three down workhorse. And so I think he has PPR appeal, but I don't know, but I would probably stay away if I was in standard formats of, of somebody like James Cook, just because I just don't know what to really make of him, what his role is going to be. And does his ADP get too high to a, to a point where it's just not really worth taking him. And then I think the other one is Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce. Both of those guys are in situations in bad offenses, Atlanta, Houston uh, for Damian Pierce. And, but there's there's definitely path touches for these guys, right? Tyler Algier, you know, it's easy to talk about him. You know, really in Atlanta, there's really not a whole lot there. Yes, Cordell Patterson will get touches out of the backfield. But, you know, much like Mike Davis last year, there's going to be a role here for a guy to get 10, you know, 10 to 12 carries a game, maybe a couple targets as well. And they just don't have anything else. Damian Williams was brought in there. And, you know, Damian Williams is an older running back. You know, his best years are behind him. So it's not crazy to think fifth-round running back Tyler Algier who is a very impressive running back. He was top 10 in most in a lot of metrics coming out d- during the draft. It's somebody that I was really liking, you know, and so I think this is actually a really sneaky landing spot. He's just not being valued where he should be right now. And so I do like Tyler Algier. Damian Pierce is kind of in the same boat, a little bit different. They did sign Marlon Mack there. You know, he's coming off that, that blown Achilles year two of that. So, uh, maybe, you know, there's been talk that he is going to probably lead the backfield early on, but Damian Pierce could be a guy that sticks his way in. Then you have Tyrion Davis Price, and I really don't know what to make of him. Third round pick from the 49ers. And listen, this backfield I still think is Elijah Mitchell's, but, uh, you know, he is a name to keep in mind. But, you know, we, we've seen this before. You know, they drafted uh, Trace, Trace Sermon last year, but everybody thought it was going to be Trace Sermon. It wasn't. It was Elijah Mitchell. So could, could uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell get Wally pipped? And, you know, Tyrion Davis price takes over. It's possible. But, you know, he's just somebody that I just don't have a lot of interest in right now. We'll have to wait and see kind of how everything shakes out here. And then I think some dark horse names, some guys at least you should just keep in the back of your mind. Guys like Zamir White, Brian Robinson, Keontae Ingram, and Peter Strong. All of them are very loaded backfields. None of them are going to have a real path to, you know, touches right out the gate. It's going to take injuries to happen. You, you don't need me to tell you about Tony Pollard, who has standalone value, who's absolutely the best handcuff running back, who also has standalone value, something that you can plug in going in the eighth round. Not really a sleeper, but just figured I'd mention Alexander Madison, Daryl Henderson, all also the same. Very much, you know, really strong handcuff running backs who have a, who have the possibility of uh, really taking over their backfield if something happens at the starter. So let's so let's just dive a little bit deeper in a couple other guys that I want to hit on here at the running back position. You have Kenneth Gainwell going RB49, 145th overall. This is a very interesting name in PPR formats. 28% snap share last year. We had 50 targets, which is 24th among all running backs, 291 rushing yards, 253 receiving yards, and six touchdowns last year. But he had 11.3% target share, which was 16th most among all running backs, a 1.73 yards per route run, which was sixth, and a really good 3.37 yards created per touch. So, he was he was impressive when in opportunities that he was given. He is likely going to be splitting touches with Miles Sanders. We know Miles Sanders is being undervalued, but Kenneth Gainwell is also a name. If you don't like taking Miles Sanders, I wouldn't mind waiting on Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, Miles Sanders is also a running back that has dealt with injuries every single year, and it's possible that Kenneth Gainwell could get a larger workload this year. You know, and somebody that's going 145th overall, he's 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 kind of free right now. So I like taking shots on Kenneth Gainwell, especially in PPR formats. Khalil Herbert. RB59, 184 overall. Listen, three starts last year, had over 100 total yards in two of those three games, 19.2, 18.3 fantasy points in two of those three games uh, with 10 targets. So there's a lot to like here. He's the backup to David Montgomery. Again, another running back that's not really going to have standalone value. He's not like a tremendous pass catch or anything like that. Just somebody, you know, you could draft as a handcuff. 
but it's going to take an injury for him to really have a true role. So, uh, again, another running back, Keith Beckerman. But then another one, Deontay Foreman, I think is a very interesting name. You know, signed with Carolina, played with Tennessee last year, but RB65 right now, 213th overall. And, you know, we're seeing Chuba Hubbard going ahead of him, and I think that's a mistake. Chuba Hubbard was terrible last year, like certifiably terrible last year. Yes, he got the opportunities, but towards the end of the year, they went into a full-on committee last year because Chuba Hubbard just wasn't getting it done. But last year, Deontay Foreman handled 46.9% of the opportunities in the backfield, 566 rushing yards, 123 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. Good for 10.4 fantasy points per game. He also had uh, 2.17 yards created per touch and 4.12 yards per carry. But I think if something were to happen to Chris McCaffrey, I think it would be Deontay Foreman that took over this backfield as the running back. Like he showed flashes last year of, of kind of the guy pre Achilles injury of of you know what people really liked about him. He wasn't very much a one year one one hit wonder at Texas. But Deontay Foreman, I think, is a very interesting name. Uh, you know, if something were to happen to Chris McCaffrey, I think everybody would run out to pick up Chuba Hubbard. And I actually think it's Deontay Foreman is the guy that I would want. I think he is the better running back, the better pure running back, better pure runner out of the backfield. And so Deontay Foreman is a name I would definitely be storing away in my memory bank, you know, as the season goes on. And you know, if anything were to happen to Chris McCaffrey, fingers crossed that it doesn't, but those would be the guys that I would be kind of looking at some dark horse names. So let's jump over to wide receiver really quickly. You know, I could go, you know, into all the rookie wide receivers, but um, I, I want to focus on a, on, a, on a few names here that are really standing out to me. Number one is Jacoby Myers. I don't get it. Wide receiver 54, 138th overall. I don't get it. 11 fantasy points per game last year and was wide receiver 29. And is going as wide receiver 54. The, the, those, this gap just does not make any sense. I get it. He's not a sexy name, but he's still 126 targets last year, 24.4% target share in that offense. 48.7% of the slot snaps. And there's really nobody that's going to take his job. Yes, they, they, they took Tyquan Thornton uh, this year, but he is much more of a burner. I think much more of a project raw type player. He's not something that's going to take Jacoby Myers' job. I think Jacoby Myers is solidified and very well could be the number one target this year for Mac Jones. And so last year, 83 receptions, 867 receiving yards and two touchdowns for him last year, a 29.3% market share of the air yards, which is 32nd among all wide receivers and 17 deep targets last year. And so, I just don't get the disconnect with Jacoby Myers. Giddy's not a sexy name, but I think he can be another solid wide receiver three this year. And uh, let's keep it moving here. Let's talk about Kadarius Tony. I think he's a very interesting wide receiver. Wide receiver 45, 113th overall. Had a 16% target share last year. 39 receptions for 420 receiving yards. No touchdown. Obviously, he had that big breakout game against the Cowboys last year, but he was 17th in yards per outrun. Eighth in yards after the catch per reception. And, you know, there's some other things to talk about here. Like Sterling Shepard is probably going to miss the start of the season here uh, for for the Giants. And he very well could be the best wide receiver they have. And, yes, they have Kenny Galladay uh, here. They drafted Wondell Robinson. But I think Kadarius Tony is being a little bit undervalued as a guy who could end up being a wide receiver three. Very explosive. You know, I, he's now in a much more stable situation here with Brian Dable taking over as the, as the head coach. Gone as Joe Judge. Thank God. And so I just think they can get creative with Kadarius Tony, kind of use him all over the field, you know, hit him on some of those bubble screens and stuff like that. But I think he can also be somebody that uses, utilizes a deep threat, has tremendous speed. And he's just somebody that that, that I think that I, I would like taking shots on if you can get him, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th round, somewhere right in there. And I, I just think he's somebody that that we could end up looking back upon and, and people are going to realize that they, they missed out on, on somebody like Kadarius Tony. So I really like Kadarius Tony where he's going. Like I said, all the other metrics line up, things we look for, yards per outrun, which was excellent yards after the catch per reception. So he was very efficient on a per touch basis as well. So 
draft Kader is Tony, whatever you can. Um, let's keep it moving here. Listen, I could talk about some guys. I know people are gonna be like, well, where, where's Russell Gage and where's Alan Lazard? Those names are just too obvious for me. I mean, those definitely aren't sleepers at all right now. I mean, Russell Gage is, is wide receiver 47 is ridiculous. That's a joke. He should be going inside the top 36 wide receivers. He should, because Chris Godwin is likely going to miss the starters and they don't know when he's going to be ready to, to even uh, start running or practice yet. None of those things that he has been cleared yet. There's no timetable yet for his return. This is a guy that, I mean, Chris Godwin, who, who had the surgery in January. And so for his ACL tear, like I, people thinking that Chris Godwin's going to be ready by week one are, uh, are ridiculous. I just don't see it. I think it's much more likely he starts the year on the pup. So Russell Gage could be the number two wide receiver here uh, in, in this offense. And I'm all about that. And especially, I mean, listen, the, the, the Bucks aren't going to throw the ball 700 times like they did last year, but this is still going to be a very pass heavy offense. And so Russell Gage is just an absolute slam dunk at his ADP. And then Alan Lazard is the other name, wide receiver 50. This is going to be a really hot topic over the offseason with Alan Lazard. Christian Watson obviously was drafted there, but I just think he has the most familiarity with the offense. I, I think this is going to take time for Christian Watson to somebody to play at the FBS level and didn't really dominate the FBS level. Yes, he's an athletic freak, but Alan Lazard, I think, has the intra inside track being the wide receiver one. And that's something we should be wanting in Aaron Rodgers, you know, wide receiver one. He's I'm not saying he's going to put a dumb off to Adams type numbers because he's not. But I think he can be, a, at the very least, I think he can be a very solid wide receiver three, but I think he has wide receiver two upside here. And so wide receiver 50, I'll be taking that all day. Last but not least, let's head on a, a few more guys and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Josh Palmer. Again, wide receiver three here for the Chargers. This is an offense that I want to target. They have some aging wide receiver here with Keenan Allen, you know, who has you know dealt with injuries in his career. And so is Mike Williams, for that matter. So if anything were to happen to either one of those, I mean, his value absolutely skyrockets. Wide receiver 73 right now. And we kind of saw him uh, really uh, finish strong last year. Double-digit fantasy points in three of his last five games. So I like Josh Palmer. Wide receiver 73 in a, what could be one of the best, if not the best offense in the league this year. Uh, which doesn't taste good coming out of my mouth as a Chiefs fan, but it is, it is what it is. Just love Justin Herbert, love this offense. And even I think he can have some standalone value even as the number three wide receiver here in the, uh, for the Chargers. So draft Josh Palmer wherever you can because he is criminally undervalued like some of these other wide receivers. Jalen Tolbert's next up, wide receiver 76. He's, he, he very well could be the wide, the, the wide receiver two here for the Cowboys in an offense that lost Amari Cooper. Cedric Wilson is gone. And then you have my, uh, Michael Gallup, who I just don't know either when he's going to be ready. It's possible he does not come back until October or November. They signed him to a pretty sizable contract, but again, didn't have ACL surgery until January or February. And so again, another guy that's very, very behind the eight ball here in terms of recovery. And it, we, we know we know this is an injury that takes all you know close to a year to truly, truly recover from, even you know even for a wide receiver. And so. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver 76, you know, third round pick this year out of South Alabama. Now he's a guy, you know, that played FBS much like Christian Watson, but he actually dominated the competition at South Alabama. And so I like Jalen Tolbert. I think he should have been drafted higher than where he went. Athletic wide receiver. Um, and I think he makes a lot of sense as being paired next to CeeDee Lamb. I still think it's likely he would be the number three target behind somebody like 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 CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. But Jalen Tolbert in a, in, a, in a prolific passing offense is somebody that I want a lot of. And I think a lot of people are going to be taking the other rookie wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, you know, obviously Chris Olave, who I love. Uh, but um, you know, Drake London, like all these guys, Christian Watson likely even goes ahead of Jalen Tolbert. And I think Jalen Tolbert could end up uh, carving out a pretty good role this year and being somebody that people look back upon and, and, and kick themselves for not taking. So 
take Jalen Tolbert, especially at wide receiver, wide receiver 76. Last but not least, I want to talk about Tim Patrick because he kind of seems like to be the forgotten guy here in this Denver backfield. There's been a really good debate this offseason on what side you're on, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. But Tim Patrick seems to be the guy that people just kind of forget about. Going off the board, wide receiver 64. This is a guy that had eight double-digit fantasy point weeks last year in 2021. 85 targets, 17.3% target share in this offense last year. He played 82% of the snaps, 53 receptions, 734 yards, and five touchdowns. And what was excellent in getting separation, a 1.82 target separation, which was 17th among all, all wide receivers last year, and a 9.8 fantasy points per game. And this is with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Like now we get Russell Wilson and and Tim Patrick has been proven to be a reliable wide receiver. He is somebody that they actually got a, a sizable contract extension from the Broncos. And so, you know, he he's going to benefit also from being in this Russell Wilson led offense. And, you know, wide receiver 64, I don't mind taking shots on a guy like this. Uh, those are kind of the names that I'm kind of looking at right now. I just kind of want to get to. There's some other names I could have mentioned. Paris Campbell comes to mind. You know, is he ever going to break out? They're, they're, all the reviews are coming out this offseason that he looks fantastic. 100% healthy but i've been down this road before with paris campbell if he's sitting there would i take a shot up yes would do i would i rather have him at him than alec pierce absolutely but um uh, with that being said you know like i said we're, we're going to get into a lot more of these names i know people are going to be wondering where's sky Moore? why didn't i talk about him or marcus valdez scantling from the chiefs or even mccall hardman you know we're going to have all this offseason talk about these names i just kind of want to get into some of the guys that are really standing out to me right now in terms of adp so Anyways, I appreciate you guys checking it out. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Let me know who are some of your favorite sleepers for, for the 2022 season, and I will catch you on the next one. Bye. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.